everybody to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Theriosity, the only show on these airwaves that delves right into the world of the paranormal, conspiracy, rarities, oddities, and the curious. As always, I'm your host, Stacy, and today we are going to be talking about a really interesting topic. It's known as cryptozoology, or perhaps as DJ Jericho might call it, cryptozoology. Apparently that's the correct pronunciation of zoology, but hey, you can say things however you want. So what is cryptozoology? It's a pseudoscience that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore record. Now, it's considered a pseudoscience because it does not follow the standard scientific method, and it's neither a branch of zoology or uh, folkloristics. So it's its own separate thing. Uh, Cryptozoologists refer to the entities as cryptids. Now, they choose this term because uh, the other term used before that would most commonly be known as monsters. But they believe that monster is too sensationalized and is misleading for what they're doing. So they choose the word cryptid. Now, the most famous examples that you probably already know of are things like uh, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Chukagabras, all of that sort. So you might be thinking, oh, like, I know about these things. Like, this is just something that, you know, those weird people, they're out there, like, hunting stuff. But this isn't, like, an actual science or something that you can, like, legitimately get into. But it is. So how did this start? as a field. So there are two men to thank for this. There is Bernard Wevelman, a Belgian-French zoologist, and his colleague Ivan T. Sanderson, a Scottish zoologist. Wevelman's famous for his uh, book called On the Track of Unknown Animals, which was published in 1955, and Sanderson's hallmark book, the Abominable Snowman, Legend Come to Life, which was published in 1966. Now, these two books and these two men are kind of like the whole basis and like the standard for people who get into cryptozoology. This is like the go-to standard reading material. And so this is what, yeah, everyone kind of refers back to. Now, you might be thinking, oh, uh... Why aren't these people just considered uh, regular zoologists since zoologists obviously uh, do study uh, new, I guess, new animals. There's like new species being discovered all the time. 
why aren't they kind of in that realm as well? Well, that is because they're not interested in discovering new species. They only focus on folklore records. Now, they, there's a huge variety of methods that they use to help prove the existence of these cryptids. One of the main ones uh, is things like eyewitness accounts, stories, uh, anecdotes, and legends. So if you know that, like, in this one state, there's a lot of uh, accounts of people witnessing a certain cryptid, they might go there and talk with the people who live in those towns and get firsthand accounts. You can go visit the places where, you know, the sightings allegedly happened. So there's that form. And then there's like the one step up, which is uh, using devices such as motion sensitive cameras, night vision, and audio recordings. And you've probably seen that before. Um, there's like really popular TV shows where, you know, they go out and try to find Bigfoot or whatever local cryptic is there. And they, you know, set up cameras and, you know, they show you what they find. There's one famous quote that I came across when I was uh, researching this topic, which is, there are no accepted uniform or successful methods for pursuing cryptids, which I kind of laugh from that last part, or successful methods, and that is from uh, Brian Regal, who wrote a Cryptozoology, which was published in 2011. Now, there are a lot of famous types of cryptics. Uh, like I mentioned before, there's Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabras, Ghost Deer, Jackalope, Giant Turtles, the Jersey Devil, Kraken, Mermaids, Mermen, Mothmen, a whole slew of them. They're known by different names in different places, but I'm sure you've heard of them or maybe you've even seen them yourself. So when this started to become popular, obviously the books I mentioned earlier were written in the mid-20th century, but this idea of finding something that is deemed like weird or not believing has been around since way before then. And there's been a couple of famous uh, people claiming to have found something and then it later found out that it was a hoax. One of the really famous ones is the Fiji mermaid. Now this was from way back in 1842. So this supposed mermaid was captured in, of course, Fiji, where it gets its name from. But if you look at it, it, it was a corpse dried out. But it was the torso and the head of a juvenile monkey sewn to the back half of a fish. So, of course, mermaids are a very popular topic. You know, sailors from way back in the day have said, oh, like, we see mermaids. Even, I believe, uh, Christopher Columbus had claimed to have seen mermaids on his journey over to the Americas. But, so this is a very popular thing that if you someone claims, hey, we found a mermaid, you're going to want to check out. So that's exactly what they did. It was exhibited by P.T. Barnum in Barnum's American Museum in New York. And uh, unfortunately, it has since disappeared. They believe that it got destroyed in a fire, which they had multiple fires and a lot of their uh, artifacts and 
things had been destroyed in these fires. So we still have sketches of it and other ways uh, to see it without having the actual physical body. And it is said that P.T. Barnum knew from the very beginning that it was a hoax, but he also knew that it would be a moneymaker. And I guess it's okay to lie if you're making a lot of money, according to P.T. Barnum. Uh, One of the other very famous uh, incidents, which is not entirely sure if it is a hoax or not, it's still up to a lot of debate. There's a, I'm sure you've seen it. It's been the subject of a lot of documentaries. It's the Patterson-Gilman film. Now, this is the famous footage of Bigfoot where uh, there's someone but hiding behind, like, it seems like a log or rock. And you see what appears to be a Bigfoot, like a very classic ape-tall-looking man, uh, walk into the wooded area and then do that big turnaround with the huge shoulder swing and the arm swing, and then obviously walk off into the woods. It was shot back in 1967 in Northern California, and it's arguably the most famous footage of a Bigfoot. Now, like I said, that it's been up to a lot of debate. It's been analyzed over and over again. But Patterson, who filmed the uh, event, he unfortunately passed away back in 1972. But he maintained until his dying day that it was not a hoax, that he filmed it and that he saw what he saw and that it was true and that he's not lying. It is true. Gilman, on the other hand, uh, denies being part of any hoax as well Um, but he on the other hand does not like to talk about it he has come out on a few occasions uh, to like a convention or like an interview on the tv and he says you know we're not a hoax but even so it's still up to a lot of debate and even some people have come out and said oh I know it's a hoax because they got the costume from my shop Or I know I heard them on that day in, like, you know, a coffee shop in town and they were talking about their plan. And none of that has been, you know, proven yes or no. But it's still a very popular topic. Uh, As far as other cryptids, there was one category that I found pretty interesting because... Of course, these are, like, things that we don't know of, right? We've never found, like, a true specimen who is a Bigfoot or the Jersey Devil or a Kraken. But they do also consider animals that we do know of, such as kangaroos, which I found uh, this whole article on alien kangaroos, which sounded really interesting when I clicked on it. But then that is kind of like the phenomenon of animals being found in places where they necessarily shouldn't be. Now, the kangaroo story was from Australia, but I guess in Southern California, we can relate to it more with alien big cats, where maybe you're in a suburban neighborhood or, uh, you know, a little bit away from the mountains, but a mountain lion appears in your neighborhood or a bobcat, or, you know, something of that sort, where they don't live there, but hey, they appear. 
Now, that's not to say that they are cryptids. They are like legitimate animals that, of course, we know of. But the fact that they're out of place is what kind of draws the interest to them. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Now, cryptid animals, or cryptic beings, I should say, are also the source of a lot of pop culture. Of course, there's like a million movies and documentaries all over our screens. You can turn on like the History Channel or Nat Geo or Animal Planet or channels similar to that. And they're going to have a documentary of people going out into the woods trying to find Bigfoot, going out into the snow trying to find a Yeti, uh, going out to sea looking for a Kraken or a giant squid, things of that sort. And people are really interested in it. Obviously, they keep airing them, so they must be uh, popular enough. And then in these documentaries, uh, often you'll see them using the methods I mentioned earlier where they go to a town and they talk to the townsfolk and they say, oh, like, I saw something over here near this house or in these woods. They go and then they set up all their devices, you know, their trip cameras, all that. And then they present the footage but a lot of the time, you you won't get anything too substantial from it. A lot of times, it's like say if they're trying, they're out there trying to get Bigfoot, they're gonna get lots of images of deers, <laughs> which still cute, still applies to the Animal Channel <laughs> variety, but not exactly what they were looking for. And of course, in the non-documentary spect, there are the movies. And there's countless of movies, monster movies, back to, like, silent film days. Um, and they're, like, portrayed as really scary. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> all these monster movies, they kind of portray this uh, scary, bad thing, which cryptozoologists aren't necessarily always a fan of. Like I had mentioned earlier, they went away from the word monster because they thought it was sensationalized, especially by these movies. Uh, even so, there has been like a turn in the direction of which these movies are going in, and there happens to be like a lot of parodies. So like you can think of Harry and the Hendersons or of the really old uh, Albot and Costello uh, films where they cover a lot of these they have like a lot of the cryptids will like they'll like either catch one or they'll be on and it'll be something comedic so maybe you're thinking okay so this is all good and fine but what kind of effect does this have out on the bigger world sure like people can sit around and pretend to catch bigfoot but what good does that do so a lot of people will say oh well Maybe it's not doing any good, but it's also not doing any bad. Because if you think about it, there is a lot of, we'll, we'll call, I guess, fans who will then watch a documentary or a movie and then visit those towns. And this creates like tourist destinations. So one of the most famous ones is in Willow Creek, California, which everything there is all about Bigfoot. Everything, well, most of the town is Bigfoot-themed. There's Bigfoot-themed restaurants, establishments, museums, gift shops. 
And they even actually changed their post office name from Calamity Courier to Bigfoot Valley News. So you can obviously see that they're, they are devoted to their Bigfoot heritage. And they do get, um, they get this influx of people. Uh, Willow Creek on its own has a population of less than 2,000 people. But with the tourism, you know, they get, it helps their economy with all the uh, people who are staying in their hotels and eating at their restaurants and buying, you know, their favorite Bigfoot merchandise. There's even like tours you can take or like someone will take you out and show you uh, where sightings have been and they teach you how to like do uh, Bigfoot calls and like um, not just not necessarily traps, but things to help bring out a Bigfoot, whether that's certain food, certain smells, you know, they definitely cater to that. Another uh, famous example of that is Loch Ness in Highland, Scotland, uh, which of course is home to the Loch Ness Monster, also known affectionately as Nessie. They also have a similar uh, thing going on as Willow Creek, They get a huge influx of tourists and visitors specifically out to either legitimately trying to find the Loch Ness Monster or just because they know that that is a site where, you know, it's cool to be able to say, oh, like, I've been to that lake, you know, you can like bring that up at your party or wherever you think that's going to sound the most impressive for you. And even if you go onto uh, Scotland's uh, like tourism website, which is like visitscotland.com, they have a whole page like dedicated to Nessie, where like they have like a beautiful image of the lake, and it's like, can you find Nessie? So they're also definitely uh, trying to profit in on that, which I think is all good and fine. These st- uh, cryptozoologists. They often don't get taken seriously by other sciences. Like I mentioned earlier, they're not associated with the normal branch of zoology or folklorists. So it can be, like, I guess hard for them to, like, say, if they do have findings to write an academic journal about it or have it be taken seriously by, like, universities or uh, academic or in more academic settings. So a lot of the time you'll find uh, all this information and the sharing of this information online, which is actually where I found all of my information. Um, They come together on forums. There's a lot of like, there's very specific ones for, say, Bigfoot. Bigfoot is one of the biggest ones, which is why I keep mentioning it. Or there's ones for, uh, Say, like, in New Jersey, they have the Jersey Devil, so they have their own dedicated site. Or there's even a a subreddit which people will go on and say, hey, you know, I live in this part of the world, and I saw this thing. I'm not sure what it was, but it kind of looked like this. I made this kind of noise. Like, can you guys uh, help me out with this? And people will, like, try their best to, you know, aid their fellow man. (laughs) Uh, a lot of it is, uh, there's a lot of people who, like, devote, like, their hearts to this. And, of course, there's the people who go online just to mess with people. They either purposely 
make up things or like give fake information, whether that's just to like make fun of people or they want to like be the next great hoax. They want to like cash in on that, like how a lot of people believe that the uh, Patterson and Gilman film did. So you can think what you will about cryptozoology, but I personally think that it's very interesting to look into. I don't necessarily believe in every single one of these, but I think the fact that so many people are devoted to this and there is all this history and it is based in folklore. So there is meaning to these beings or entities. And I think it's really important to not just dismiss it as something like oh that's like what the crazy people over there think if you actually look into it there's more meaning than that and if you're wondering my favorite cryptid is indeed a jackalope i just think they're cute i would like to have one if anyone ever finds one you know where to send it (laughs) well we are reaching or nearing the end of our show So I wanted to thank everyone who listens in every week. And of course, I'm always open to suggestions and guests. I have a, actually a very special guest coming in tomorrow. And hopefully you guys will be listening to that recording next week or in the coming weeks. So if you are into UFOs, UFOlogy, I recommend staying tuned. You can always find what is coming up next on my Instagram, which is Theriosity88.9. You can listen to past recordings, future recordings, maybe. And of course, if you have suggestions again, or you would want to be on the show, you want to share your opinions, beliefs, or experiences, of course, contact me. I am always here. Thank you once again for listening in. This has been Theriosity. I'm your host, Stacy, and goodbye.